Welcome to the Our Safe Harbor Church podcast. Here you can listen to our Sunday sermon, Monday morning message, and midweek Bible study. We hope you will consider subscribing, sharing, leaving a review, but please be sure to check out our website at www.OurSafeHarbor.com to learn more about us and find ways to get involved. Our Safe Harbor Church, we are with you wherever you are. Well, I'm off on a welcome home tour. Uh, I'll be speaking today to a house church that's in the Daytona, New Smyrna Beach area. And sometimes when welcome home tours take me very far afield, we bring in exceptionally loved, well-loved and trusted speakers in my place. And one man named Mark Barros from Byesville, Ohio has given us videos before that everybody loves. And once you meet Mark, you're gonna love him too. His voice, his, um, his passion, and his theology matches what we do here at our Safe Harbor Church. I know you're going to enjoy him. Uh, his wife wishes she could be with us today, but she can't. So get to know and love and listen to a dear friend of mine and a dear friend of our Safe Harbors, Mark Barrows. Well, good morning, church family. Thank you for being here. And uh, I appreciate Patrick uh, fluffing me up there. My goodness, I certainly hope I don't disappoint anyone here uh, in the soundstage or, or around the world. And welcome around the world wherever you're worshiping at whatever time. We're glad you're here and welcome home. Uh, yes, as Patrick said, I live in uh, uh, southeastern Ohio and uh, drove down here a few days ago. It's about an eight-hour drive in there somewhere. I'm, I'm not. I have a 2009 Honda Element. It has a four in a row, four in a, four cylinders. So four in a row can go. And when you hit the hills of Kentucky and Tennessee, it's. I just keep hearing. I think I can. I think I can. <laughs> yeah. And boy, people, they, it's a different. Maybe it's a universal thing. I'm not sure, but I know when they run on I-65 South, they're really cooking. I mean, it's like they're qualifying for the Daytona 500. I'm just running my speed. I'm just running, you know, but they, they do. They, they talk to me in sign language, and I learned some new sign language on my, you know, I, I think the most popular sign was like one half of a peace sign is what I got. And I thought maybe that's something to do in the South because we don't, in Ohio. But, so I thought when in Rome, do what the Romans do. And then even the Apostle Paul said, I've tried to become all things to all people. So when they're giving me this one half of a, this number one sign in the South, I just raised my hand and I said, bless your heart. <laughs> in Romans chapter 12, it talks about different gifts. Yeah, different gifts. We all have different gifts. Uh, there's a lot of, some people have several, some people have Okay, everybody has at least one. The gift of encouragement, pretty important, I think. I mean, encouragement's pretty good. You don't have to be a deep Bible scholar and all that. If you want that, tune in next week and Patrick will be here. Uh, being an encourager, you don't have to learn how to spell Habakkuk correctly or Czechoslovakia correctly. You can be an encourager, okay? When we look at the life of Christ, but by the way, Jeanne, thank you, thank you for reading. Wonderful. Thank you. Did a great job with the reading. I like the part how, how Paul ends that in his letter where it says, whatever you've seen or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. I like to watch Jesus. I like to watch Jesus and practice what he did. 
in Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles or your phones, you can open them at Mark chapter 10, around verse 46. There's the account recording about blind Bartimaeus. Jesus has an interaction with him. It says, as, uh, as Jesus was going through the town, Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus. He cries out, Son of David, have mercy on me. And the people told him, be quiet, hush up. First point, to be an encourager. Show genuine interest. What did Jesus do? He stopped. Stopped for Bart? Bartimaeus? The people were telling him to be quiet. Bartimaeus, be quiet. It's almost like they were embarrassed that... Do you ever have somebody really important to come to your town? You want the town to be just right. You want to make a great impression. It's like, this is Jesus. This is Jesus of Nazareth coming through our home, coming through our town. And, oh my goodness, who's hauling? Oh, it's Bartimaeus by the roadside. It's almost like they're embarrassed of him. It says, when Bartimaeus heard that it was Jesus, I've understood that folks with handicaps, maybe one of their senses is not up to par, but the other senses rise to the top. It says, when he heard, it was Jesus. So he's listening. He's probably listening, has a lot more listening talent than many of us. I know more than me, a husband. I put that ring on. I lost most of my hearing and all of my memory years ago. But, <laughs> but they don't hold that against me. So Bartimaeus, Bartimaeus is listening. Being an encourager, show genuine interest. Jesus stopped. Every one of the Gospels says, the crowd told Bart, be quiet. How can we show genuine interest to people? Well, number one, have good eye contact. Somebody's talking to you, have good eye contact, right? Pay attention. Your body language. Lean in. You're leaning in. Lean in. Listen. Show your interest. Be aware of your facial expressions and your body language. Have a good handshake. Met a young man, he's here today. Met a young man yesterday, had a great handshake. I'm a dad, okay? Angie and I, our twins are 38, uh, our, our daughter Allie uh, is 30, and then Hannah is 25. So everybody's either married or, or engaged. But there were times, being a dad of three daughters, when fellers would come to my door to pick up my daughter or one of my daughters. Let me tell you right now, people out there wanting to date daughters, if you pull up to a driveway in southeastern Ohio and you just blow the horn and expect the girl to come out, we can make you disappear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can, we can arrange things like that. Anyway, a good handshake's going to help. And they tease me. They say, oh, Mark, in your sense of humor, you know, knowing you back in the day when, when a young man would come into, to the door of take one of your daughters to, for a date or something, you'd probably have a shotgun or something on the table cleaning it, you know, to try to impress the, or, you know, threaten this guy. No, I don't do stuff like that. Because to properly clean a firearm, you first have to unload it. And I'm not unloading any firearms if there's boys coming to pick up my daughters. Please, I'm totally serious. So a good handshake, a good handshake. Okay, good eye contact. Point number two, what's Jesus to acknowledge, acknowledge what's important to them. You want to be an encourager? Okay, show genuine interest. Acknowledge what's important to them. Jesus stopped, called him, 
asked him directly, what is it you want me to do for you? Verse 48 says, many rebuked him, told him to be quiet. He shouted, son of God, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped, said, call him. So they called the crowd, so they called the blind man. Cheer up on your feet. He's calling you. Throwing his cloak aside, he jumped up to his feet, came to Jesus. What do you want me to do for you? Jesus said. The crowd's reaction to Bartimaeus goes from scolding to standing him up. Throwing his cloak aside. I don't know. I don't know what all Bartimaeus had. I'm guessing he didn't have much. And your cloak was valuable to you. He threw it aside. Because even daily essentials become trivial when Jesus acknowledges you. When was the last time, do you think, anybody asked Bart, what do you need, buddy? Oftentimes, some folks are viewed in communities as high maintenance or embarrassment or, you know what? Everyone is valuable. And Jesus sees value in everyone, including you. Acknowledging what's important to them, maybe it's their hobby, their talent, their interests. If it's the young kids, maybe it's gaming. Gaming, you know, the, the gaming. And I know, right? Some of our, some of our gray hair, uh, or, well, you need to get outside, drink out of a garden hose, throw, run with sharp sticks, or throw rocks at something. They all these gaming and gaming. Well, you know what? Connect with them. Take that same pile of bricks and build a bridge instead of a wall with those grandchildren. If your kid's into gaming, ask them about the game. Ask them about the level, okay? Maybe it's sports or music. Maybe it's something they're interested in. Adults? Okay, the classic. How's the wife and kids? How's the husband doing? While I'm out on that branch, let me shake this limb a little bit. Visiting at a hospital or a care center. Great time to encourage folks. You always want to knock. Knock before you go in the room. Gives them some privacy. You'll knock. Make good eye contact with them. Walk in, let them know they are, they are your focus. If you're wearing a hat, a vest, or a jacket, take off your hat, your vest, or jacket in front of them. Throw it over on a chair. Greet them with something encouraging, like the phrase, good to see you. First of all, I'll let you know, kids, I do not make up preacher stories. I'm telling you Mark stories. And by the time I'm done today, you'll think, oh, for heaven's sakes. Walter was a brother of ours at my home church up in Ohio. Walter was in a bad spot. He was in the hospital. I walk in, this is early years in ministry, I walk into Walter's hospital room, Walter's in the hospital bed, family's around him, and you ever have a phrase you'll just say kind of on autopilot, just kind of comes out, just a phrase. I say, hey Walter, how you doing? He said, I'm dying. You could have knocked me over like that. He was, he did. I officiated his funeral. 
But through that little exchange right there, I learned to say, good to see you. Good to see you as a warmer connector than how you're doing, because he may be in a bad spot, and he was. Good to see you when you come into the room. Be cheerful. Proverbs tells us in chapter 17, a cheerful heart is good medicine. Kids, you might be the best medicine that patient gets that day when you're in there visiting with them. Make a conscious effort to control the volume of your voice. I have a voice that carries. And sometimes you've been in the rooms where there's maybe two patients per room, and sometimes it's just a little uh, uh, curtain that divides them. Well, maybe one person over here is trying to rest, and you're visiting here with Cecil. Use things like name tags. If a, if a person comes into the room, an aide, a nurse, an LPN, a low-paid nurse, an RN nurse, they come in, use the name tag. Make it personal. Oh, I've seen this happen before. Don't be a substitute physician. I've been visiting with folks and they'd have a loved one sitting there and this loved one saying, oh, his color isn't good. Oh, you look, what is it? What the doctors say? Oh, you know, there's no cure for that. Oh, my cousin Steve had the same gallbladder. What was the doctor? Dr. Jones. Oh, cousin Steve had the same thing. He was such a good man, God rest his soul. Oh, and I'm thinking, lady, what are you trying to do here? Keep the visit short. There's an etiquette to this. 15 minutes is my goal. I'll walk into the room. First of all, don't do this. This is a rude comp. This is a rude move. Find a clock on the wall. 15 minutes. You mean, Mark, you'll drive maybe an hour and a half sometime to visit someone for 15 minutes? Yes. Because they're in there to recover, recuperate, or rehabilitate. They're ill. They're in the hospital. Plus, if you stay there an hour and 45 minutes, there's body functions that the person may be trying to control. 15 minutes. At the end of 15 minutes, grab your hat, your jacket, your vest or whatever. Put it back on. This gives, you the, this gives them the illusion that you've been there longer than you really have. Offer to pray. Don't be a bulldozer with the prayers. Is it okay if we pray? Sometimes they'll say no. That's okay. Sometimes they're mad at God. Sometimes they're asking God why. You're there to encourage not to give them a lecture. If they do want to pray, include the nurse or the aide or whoever's there. It's okay. Consider visiting or calling them the night before a major surgery or even a minor surgery. How do you feel the night before you have a major procedure? A little nervy. Not sleeping real good. You know that call or text or a brief visit Hey, let you know, I love you. Be praying for you. God's got this. You're okay. Being an encourager at times of loss is valuable. I work a lot with funerals. At funerals, sign the book. Sign the book. The family will go through that. Maybe not at that day, but it's a whirlwind when you lose someone in the days leading up to and the days after the service. If you're going to be there in the receiving line and at the funeral home, you know, the viewing will call it. Don't be the person that stands there 
25 minutes talking about your family genealogy, it's a time to be brief, a brief hug, an appropriate shake, and move on. There's people behind you. Consider connecting with the family, the family who's lost a loved one. Consider connecting with them when they encounter the first firsts. See, when our loved one makes that transition here, the calendar pages keep going for us. There will always be birthdays, anniversaries, holidays. And there's going to be an empty chair in that family. Card or a text. Hey, I know what the date is. Just want you to know I love you and I'm thinking about you. Say well done. Say well done. Matthew 25, well done, good and faithful servant. Love that. I've read where it takes eight, seven to eight positive comments to overcome one negative comment. Whew. Ladies, brag on your husbands. Brag on him. He can get the bass fishing trophy for the lake. He can get the stock car trophy, the basketball trophy, the golf hole-in-one. He can get all that. He can get his name on the front sheet of the paper. But it doesn't mean as much to him as when his wife says, Honey, I'm so proud of you. I got a text from my Angie this morning, and then on the way down, she said, I'm so proud of you. I can keep that text. She's my bride. I love her. That's special to me. Husbands, brag on your wives. This, is, this works both ways, okay? We want to live intentional encouragers. Encourage your spouse. Brag on your wife. Oh, she's wonderful. You know, good cook. Man, I mean, you're a wonderful cook. And maybe guys think like, well, she's not a good cook. She uses the smoke alarm as a timer for the oven. This, she is not a... <laughs> then praise her for not burning the house down, for heaven's sake. I don't know. Think of something positive. Eventually, if you live long enough... You may come to a chapter of your life where you begin to parent your parents. You begin to be the one who scares the monsters away. Mom and dad's getting older. I'll make some financial decisions, some guidance stuff. Oh boy, the car keys. You begin to parent your parents just like they loved us and nurtured us and mentored us. It kind of changes if we live long enough. How about this one, kids? Say thank you. Luke chapter 17, how many, 10 were healed? How many came back and said thanks? One, you be that one. Teach your kids to say thank you. Husbands, say, husbands, you ever thank your wife? Huh? Thank your wife. Thank you for marrying me. Thank you for having our children. Now, personally, I haven't given birth in years, but Carol Burnett describes as giving birth as taking your bottom lip and pulling up over the top of your head. I don't want that. We have four children, told you that. We have grandchildren, fantastic family. None of our children are American. They're all cesarean. Kids, that's an operation. Do you know how brave my Angie was? Knowing that when she delivers, it's going to be an operation. She's the bravest lady that I know. Say thank you. Thank you for making me a dad. Thank you for going through these chapters of life with me. I know there's times you just want to shake me a good one. 
Angie's phrase is shake a knot in your tail. I know whatever that means. It's a West Virginian term, I'm sure, because my, my bride is from West Virginia. I'm going to shake a knot in their tail. Okay, whatever that means. It can't be good. Say thank you to your parents. Say, say thank you to veterans. You see a veteran with a hat, okay? Community leaders. How many times do you think the mayors, the trustees, the city workers get grumbled on and grumbled about? The school board. Say thank you. Officers, troopers, deputies, custodians. You know, at halftime at the high school game, when they're running that big dry mop on the floor and you're walking out to the concession stand, hey, you're doing a good job with that floor. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I appreciate what you're doing. How about this, kids? Respond with something unexpected. That will encourage folks. Something unexpected like, the husband shows up in the middle of the day. He has a suit on. Roses in one hand, chocolates in the other. Ding dong. Wife comes to the door. There's smoke coming from the kitchen. She's got a baby with vomit on one shoulder. And she looks at him and says, what? He says, baby, I love you. I've been studying these, these things about how to be a better husband. I've been listening to podcasts. I've been doing husband seminars. I, I, I want you to know I love you. I'm crazy about you. You're my bride. Here's a dozen roses. Here's your favorite chocolates. I've booked a weekend away at Amish country with, for a chalet just for you and me. I love you, baby. You're the one. You're still the one. She busts out in tears. What's the matter, baby? She said, your mother is coming to live with us for two months while her apartment is getting remodeled. The cake is on fire in the oven. The baby has diarrhea and just puked on my shoulder. And now you come home drunk in the middle of the day. <laughs> Intentional encouragement. Connect with someone who has helped you with your faith through the years, through your walk. And you go up to someone and say, you know what? Thank you for helping me with my faith. And they'll say something like, well, I don't know what I've done, but I've just watched you. You've lived a sermon. Well, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, it talks about how, I call it generations of faith. It says that uh, I, I see the faith in your grandma Lois and your mother Eunice now lives in you. Generations of faith. We're experiencing a generation of faith here today that's helping us with our faith. It started years ago with a Navy man, a sailor, stationed in Columbus, Ohio, by the name of Bill. Well, he would happen to have a blind date with a pretty young gal by the name of Catherine, who lived in Cutler, Ohio. This blind date that would include a rowboat on Lake Hope so many years ago would be just the beginning of a Friendship, relationship, a love, and eventually a marriage that would stand, would stand the test of time until Bill's passing. Out of, that, out of that family unit would be generations of folks that 
continue to help us with our faith. See, Bill and Catherine Mead would weave together a fabric of faith through the years that we are still enjoying here today as their generations continue we're still being fed you say yes but how well love God and love others pretty simple but what if I fail I'm afraid to be a leader. Well, get out there and lead. Even if you fall face down, it's still a forward motion. Get out there and do what you can. Let's continue to be intentional encouragers every day that we have. Let's close with a prayer. Thank you, Lord, for today. Opportunity for us to, to, to share together some good, good exercises to view others as souls, and to encourage them along the way. May you continue to bless our safe harbor, as well as many other churches. Watch over them, and help them to grow and encourage as well. We all pray through Christ. Amen. Turn shame into glory.
You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who cares. You're the only one who cares. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing, nothing. Please join me for the closing prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. This opportunity we can gather as friends and family, uh, not just here, but around the world. We ask you to hear our prayer requests, our, our unspoken prayer requests, whatever they may be. Thank you for giving us the freedom to, to approach you as people forgiven of their sins. Father, we ask your blessing of peace around this world. A lot of conflict we hear about. We pray for the leaders of all many nations. Bless them with the courage to make peaceful decisions when they make decisions. Watch over us. Watch over our military, our, our police, our first responders, the, the leaders of our communities, the, the folks that give us stability and structure in our towns. Keep them safe. Let them know they're loved, and prayed for, and supported. As we dismiss, watch over us. Give us opportunities. Help us not to miss the opportunities that you give us to minister to people, to see them as souls, and to encourage them along the way. We pray through Christ. Amen.